Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, we are continuing our series investigating Clovis Bray and the creation of the Exos. Uh, and uh, our last episode, we ended off on uh, a bit of a gory scene for Destiny lore with the uh, kind of dissection and vivisection of Clovis um, at the hands of a Vex simulation of who he thought was one Maya Sundaresh. Uh, and she was essentially torturing him to try and get access and information on clarity, on the, the darkness, uh, presumably for whatever Vex, uh, the, the Vex network in general, um, for reasons yet unknown, although we had a couple of theories. I was, I was going to say, how do we refer to the Vex? Are they, I know, I know, I know we, we think of Vex as like individual, like Hobgoblin, Hivemind, Quoria, all that shit, but they're, they're all kind of the, like the Vex are just all the same thing, right? Like they all access the same network and everything. So it's, it's weird to think of a Vex as a single, as a single entity it's it's interesting so i think the best way to think about them is each vex all the vex have access to the internet the vex version of the internet but each vex is still its own computer so it can do its own oh, okay, processing yeah. and then whatever its results are then get uploaded to the broader network that they all have access to like like nodes yeah exactly yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Also, that scene was beautifully, beautifully voiced uh, <laughs> at, at the end of last week's episode. Uh, I had chills the whole time Myth was reading that. So Myth is cl clearly 2023 is the year that we all up our game and Myth is upping his voice acting game and it is paying off. Now, apparently my calling is voicing unhinged serial torturers. So yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. That's 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 <laughs> that's not abnormal at all, right? Like that's just no, of that's course a Tuesday, not. right? <laughs> Everything's fine. I haven't seen Dexter too many times. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Come on. So we're continuing with uh, Clovis's logbook. This will probably be the final episode that's going to um, be coming out of Clovis's logbook. Uh, in addition to that logbook, we are also tonight going to be going over um, some lore cards, primarily from the uh, Legacy Oath Warlock set from the Deepstone Crypt Trade. So uh, we will have those in there as well, and we'll call out when we've switched over to those readings. But starting tonight is going to be um, pretty much immediately after that scene of Clovis quite literally being splayed, all his different pieces splayed out on an operating table, uh, about to be, you know, tortured by Sundaresh or, you know, this, this, Simulation of Sundaresh. Um, Elsie Burson. Should we call her Maya Vexoresh? Whatever you need. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Elsie uh, Burson, you know, dispatches 
this uh, simulation, you know, puts her her grandfather back under under anesthesia uh, to be reassembled, essentially. Because he wasn't he wasn't being transferred at this point in time, right? He was just being essentially rebuilt and repaired, right. uh, squishy bits wise. Right, he wasn't ready to be transferred yet. Uh, he was uh, having a bunch of different organ replacements done all at the same time to keep his organic body going just that little bit longer that he needed before he was ready to do an exo transfer himself. That 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 honestly makes me question. So obviously, and and again, this is a bit of a tangent, but it's just kind of a quick weird question um we know that during the golden age uh human lifespan tripled do we think clovis went even beyond that i think that's probably a safe assumption I, it feels like i'm i'm curious if he lived to like 500 or something like that like his physical form his his squishy bits form made it to pass that you know 300 mark no it's a, it's a good point i wouldn't be surprised if if it did i don't know if it would have you know, how much of an extension he got, but you know, if, if he's literally has a pig farm essentially for the, the sake of replacing his own organs. And that's a thing that's been happening for a while, which it sounds like it is. I can only assume that, um, you know, it, it has kept him going for, I mean, who knows, but I I would think he's gotten at least another 20, 50 years out of it, if not more, from when he should have expired. That's that's crazy. It is. Absolutely is. But so is Clovis. So Very true. So we are going to start the readings tonight with uh, the Mysterious Logbook. Um, The entry is titled third vision i uh, and we're starting off a little weird it's another one of those trippy dreamscapes that clovis decides there's a message in uh, but it goes like this something else happened while i was in surgery it returns to me only now that the anti-traumatics have eased the terror of sundaresh's presence while i was dead I had another vision. I was with Clovis II's mother. She was a wolf, and one of her eyes was a star. I was also a wolf. I knew that I was the Alpha, the false Alpha, the pack leader who fights for dominance and rulership, a misconception created by bad research. In the wild, wolf packs are families, and the alpha simply means parent. Wilhelmina told me that. She was the true alpha. She was the mother. I was not the true alpha because I was not a true father. I panted at her as my muzzle dripped blood, and she looked down sadly at the mess between us and I realized that in my raging need to prove my dominion, I had savaged our cubs. I had killed little Clovis II. I had killed Alton and Wilhelmina and Anastasia. I had killed Elizabeth. I whined in dismay. The alpha wolf stared at me with the one sad wolf eye and one bright eye 
that dimmed and grew with the exact flux of a variable star. What do I do? I asked her. Why did I do this? She lay her head down in the bloody snow and looked up at me. She seemed weary. She had seen this happen many times before. She had seen many of her pups murdered by wolves like me. And the voice of Clovis II's mother came from her jaws. You did the same thing someone always does. You saw that there was plenty and gathered it to yourself to make yourself one above all others. And when others threatened your plenty, you struck them down to keep your own station. You grew the enemy in my garden and eat of its bitter fruit. Each time I hope it will be different. Each time I lose a little of myself as the bitter fruit blossoms. Now that fruit will flower in you and in all your people. I do not want it to happen. I want anything else. But the choice is not mine. Why didn't you stop me? I tasted blood on my tongue. Why would you let me do this? And she blinked sadly at me. She had been trying. I hadn't listened. You never said a thing to me, I snarled. Not once. You never told me I was doing wrong. At least clarity sends me dreams. The exobody and the eel. At least it shows me what I can become. You think clarity sent those dreams. Why would it speak to you when you are dead and furthest from its influence? Liar! I howled. You never did a thing to help me. Not when my son died, not when my granddaughter fell ill. I had to do it all myself. You never even spoke. The best voice, she said with infinite grief and unending hope. Never let themselves be heard at all. This lesson is worth teaching again and again. The choice is never mine. It's always yours. That's the end of that entry. Clovis has got to learn that, like, all all these dreams aren't necessarily secret messages. I feel I feel no. like this whole dream is just him like passing the buck, right? Like, he he's he's unwilling to accept any type of blame for anything that goes wrong because he he is clearly the reason why his son died. He's clearly the reason why that oh, yeah. genetic defect also passed on to his grandkids like but even throughout this entire dream he's just well it's your fault you didn't speak up you didn't tell me to stop you didn't like are, are, really clovis are you yeah. <laughs> are like you, are you that blind if if we take the the you know the animal um kind of an, anamorphism out of it this dream is essentially clovis standing over the bodies of his child and grandchildren with a bloody knife in his hand yelling at his wife saying why didn't you stop me from killing them that's, like that's so messed up come on <laughs> yeah what the hell but you know clovis knows better or so he oh thinks. yeah and, and 
Clarity sent him this dream and sent him this message to prove to that he can be the Luca. How even saying that out loud, it I feel how psychotic that sounds. Like I don't. I, Clovis is Clovis is nuts, man. He is, and we're in this weird space with this dream because it's it's his dream. Like all of, all of this, the argument being made by uh, you know the mother wolf is technically an argument his subconscious has come up with against his own actions. And it's, it's like his self-conscious is forcing him to acknowledge that he's a really terrible person that has done terrible things. How, how, how does your self psyche deal with that? <laughs> right. And in Clovis's case, it's denial. Utter denial yeah. is how he deals Complete with it. denial. Like it's your fault. I didn't do this. You should have stopped me. But deep down, he knows it was him, and that's why he's having this. That's that's psychopath. That's that's a that's a psychopathic thought process there that's happening in the stream. Yeah. So uh, that leads us into entry number thirteen, as the next entry in the logbook, uh, and that one goes like this. The less time spent reflecting on the aftermath of my dissection, the better. My much confusion and dismay has festered among staff working with the Exos. Endless reassurances are required. To ease transitions after memory wipes, I have applied the Avanti numbering scheme to the Exo names. After each memory reset, we will increment their suffix by one. If we zero-index the original human body, then Mohammed Zero is the human, Mohammed One is the Exo, Mohammed Two is the same Exo after one reset, and so forth. The integer is stored in hardware and should remain stable even in the cosmological time. If nothing else, they will always know which draft of themselves they are. Elizabeth's episodic memories of her past life are gone. But the scan we used to make her new exo-mind is still on file with all of its memory intact. I have encouraged her to participate in sensorum reconstructions of those memories, though I steer her away from non-constructive events. This is a chance to help Elizabeth become the person she could have been without life's cruel chaos. A sleeker, surer reincarnation. She insists on committing her own abandoned body to the deep, passing through the ice to fall into Europa's dark heart, a choice that I do not understand. I have not yet informed her of Clarity Control's existence. I cannot spare the time or energy to manage her emotions. Fortunately, she has forgotten about her ongoing attempts to intrude on that secret. What she has not forgotten is her plan to clean up the Vex invasion. In fact, it seems to, be the, seems to have become one of her most basic needs. She is isolating cadres of the infected in smile pods under a cover story about enhanced remote relaxation. While their bodies slumber, she sends non-destructive scans of their minds on vacation and simulated fantasy, at several hundred times the pace of our reality. I suspect that the Vex influence alters their dream worlds into something quite, quite abject. As a note to myself, 
I should never investigate this suspicion. Elizabeth's goal is to observe the spread of the Vex infection in the simulated mind and then use this forecast as a basis for treatment of the physical mind, like accelerating a disease to its terminal stage to deduce the characteristics of the pathogen. She then deletes the Vex-mutilated copies and conducts physiosurgery on the slumbering bodies. Or so I have deduced. She insists she has no time to explain her methods to me. Soon I will need to ask her about my own infection. But all in all, everything is looking up. And that's the end of that entry. I think a lot of this is kind of helping... Um give a little bit more validity <clears throat> to the uh, uh, to our theories that we had of her seeing the future or, or something to that effect and having her 180 into this, okay, I'm ready to be an EXO now. Because the fact that she's wanting to combat Vex more and more and more, and she famously says she has no time to explain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like this has a lot more validity to that. No, I, I agree. I really do think we're kind of on the right track there. Um, and just, yeah, having that that single-minded, even after your memory is wiped, to have that single-minded drive of, like, I need to fix the Vex. I need to get rid yeah. of them. Like, that has to have come from somewhere. And presumably she didn't have anything, any dealings with the Vex prior to all this. Right. Because I mean, all of her research was the the ion drives and all that stuff. So, it, which uh, thank you for reminding me about the memory wipe thing. We finally have the exact reason why exos are called what they are. Um, yep. This is the this this is you know the dash zero dash one dash two dash three, um, which kind of this was this was kind of like an offshoot off topic thing. Um, during Beyond Light, or I think it's actually post Beyond Light, um, uh, there's a few missions that you can do uh, that kind of have you exploring the 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 exoscience areas, and one of them takes you to this this room that essentially looks like a giant server, I mean, just miles and miles and miles of server stacks, which is presumably where memories are stored. And there's one I I, I wish I could remember what triggered it, um, and I and I've only seen it play out once. But there's one scene, or there's one set of voice uh, dialogue that you go there, and uh, um, your ghost says, well, presumably Cade 7, or Cade's memory would be somewhere in here, and we could have a Cade 7, but Cade wouldn't want it that way. Rest in peace, Cade 6. Um, because, and again, some of our newer listeners may not know who Cade is, but he was previously the, the Hunter Vanguard, uh, was killed by Aldrin uh, during the events of Forsaken, and... Uh, he was he was an EXO, and so he was K dash six, uh, which means he had been reset what five times then, right? Because the K one was the original is the initial EXO. Yep, yep. So, um, and and even he said there there won't be a K seven or anything like that. Which again, that's neither here nor there. But it's that idea of like even if we went and found his scan, that would be a scan of like presumably K one or could be Cade 6, but it wouldn't have any of the experiences or memories of anything of of any of those in-betweens. And so it wouldn't be the same person, essentially. 
But right. it also, it, the memory wipe thing also um, makes me think, or not makes me think, it, it brings up another thing of the idea of being able to, to delete memories. Like, now, Clovis doesn't specifically say in this entry that he's able to do so. He's just saying, like, he he mentions, well, I'm trying to steer her away from, like, doing other things. and he, But he also mentions that her obsession with clarity control is completely gone, essentially, which almost makes me think that he deleted part of it or something like that. Like, it, it, there's an inkling there that makes me think that he's doing some type of manipulation there. Um between resets essentially i think he absolutely has um i mean he says that elizabeth's episodic memories of her past life are gone um like the memories are intact in the scan but that doesn't mean they all came you know just because they're in the cloud doesn't mean he downloaded all of them into the body right kind of thing right i and they had mentioned in previous episodes uh we we went over some lore that he talked about wiping the memory uh prior to or i guess like as as the initial exo upload having the memory wiped of anything beyond like the most necessity uh most necessary memories uh proved as a, a method of staving off der yep so yeah i think i think these he's definitely doing some i mean clearly doing some memory, memory manipulation here yeah yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, which, you know, Clovis is all about control. So, no, no pun intended, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Clarity <but> it, control? <laughs> <laughs> it would make sense that he'd see an opportunity to, you know, in his words, guide his granddaughter down the correct path. Really just like, you know, controlling what yeah. she knows or doesn't know. <laughs> Got I like that. Guiding her down the right path. Okay. Psycho. So uh we're gonna take a detour from the mysterious logbook here. Uh because this is now a period of time where Elsie actually travels off world and leaves Europa for a little bit. I she goes and meets with the various family members of the Bray family um, who she does not have memory of anymore. The only thing she knows about them at this point is what her grandfather, what Clovis the first, has told her about them. And she is now trying to establish a connection with her family again and try to understand what her relationship is with them and kind of where they fit into her life. Uh, and so she goes and, and meets with each and every one of them. Uh, we see these meetings, uh, one on each piece of the legacy oath armor, uh, warlock armor from Deepstone Crypt. The hunter and titan armor are different this time around. It is the warlock only. Uh, that has these particular entries. Um, the others do have, you know, interesting entries, but not relevant to what we're talking about today. That's that's right, Hunters and Titans. You're irre- irrelevant. <laughs> uh, I'm going to warn you right now. This very first one, I'm getting it out of the way first. 
um, which is the Legacy's Oath Cowl, the helmet. Uh, both Elsie and Sylvie, who she's talking to in this, her mother, um, have some phrases that they use that are in a different language. I, I don't know enough about my, my romantic languages to tell you which one in particular. I I'm, I'm going to assume Latin. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I almost want to say it might be Spanish or, um, I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I'm not versed enough to know, uh, from the very small snippets that they have here and there. Uh, but those are there. I'm apologizing in advance because I was they're going say, to be butchered. <laughs> you, you will butcher them and it is okay. Uh, yeah. Not knowing what language they are. I don't even know what to attempt as far as like accent or intonation. So you get what you get. But so we're going to start with the Legacy's Oath Cowl. Um, this is Elsie meeting with her mother, Sylvie, for the first time after assuming her exo body. Uh, and the flavor text on this, before we get into the lore card, tells us that Clovis Bray I, not particularly fond of his daughter-in-law, because uh, the flavor text is Clovis saying... Sylvie is a stain on this family, turning my son against me every chance she gets. His death is on her hands, too. Clovis Bray the first. So, yeah, not, more, not more a whole lot of love there. there. Yeah. So, without further ado, the lore card for it goes like this. Your mother screams in horror. No! Elsie, say it's not you. Say it's not. Say he hasn't locked you up in that walking Lazarus to die. Mom. Mom, please. You say, but she won't believe it. You don't know what to say because you only remember her as a warm feeling. She sobs, and you smell the amino ketian ketotanes? and aromatic acids in her, in her tears. The salty opioids glisten on her skin. You want to hide your face to hood yourself. Every time she looks at you, she screams and cries harder. Finally, you give up and resign to settling into the little guest bed. The house is full of reminders of your father, who died in a body just like yours. Sylvie really loved him, your sister told you. And Clovis II really loved her, even after he was unfaithful. Sleep finally comes, but is still discomforting. You dream of murder and hot blood and a mannequin body made of knives. You remember forcing your way through a tower of prison cells, slashing through prisoner after prisoner in order to get to the top. And you awake screaming yourself, practically falling out of bed. But mom is there to catch you. Hush, hush now. It's all right. It's just a dream. And you cling to her 
and it's your turn to sob. Nothing comes out of your eyes as you try to explain the dream. Everyone I knew was in those cells, you gasp. You and Dad and Willa and Anna and Halton. Oh, my sweet, your mother whispers. Of course you dreamt about killing us. Your grandfather made you this way, and he kills everything he touches. That's the end of that card. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> these these are some crazy is is um is this dream that she's having part of that uh that exo dream with the tower and everything? I think it is. I think this is Elsie's first interaction with the the tower dream. Okay. That's that's what I figured. I also had like a random thought uh while you're reading it. Um how much does an exo body weigh? That's a good point. Because um, she says she like set up a guest bed for her. that bed's got to be made of fucking steel. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're talking like I mean the exo frame's got to be hefty. Like it's like a car. Maybe not. If if we think about it, like if they were meant to try and make the body feel as human in form and function as possible. Oh, they got to get like, that weight down. Yeah. Maybe they really aimed for a realistic, you know, weight for that particular body's size. Clearly the bones aren't made of tungsten. Right. We we don't know what kind of crazy space age alloys they've got in the golden age. Like maybe they have some super lightweight, you know, super strong thing. Some carbon fiber, silicon steel thing. <laughs> That'd yeah, be you awesome. know. Like woven woven steel and carbon and silicon and oh, that'd be awesome. I don't know why just the thought of like this exo body laying in just like a normal human bed. Like, oh my god, now the bed frame is disintegrated. There's nothing <laughs> left of it. it. Sucks to suck. Sorry, mom, I broke the bed. Yeah. But I I do think it's um you know, and and Clovis would have known. And uh, maybe due, you know, the flavor text, his dislike of Sylvie, I uh, made him suggest Elsie uh, go visit her because he knew he had to have known the kind of reaction she would have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because this is, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So Clovis the second was the one that uh, that Clovis uh, tried to put in a body, and it and it ripped itself apart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Sylvie has already seen this. A, a person in a machine body already and it destroyed that person and so for her to see elsie like this i think is like a re-triggering right like this is like a oh absolutely yeah so yeah no i i it sucks but i again i think elsie did all this stuff uh for like all the right reasons type thing like oh yeah she elsie elsie knows something elsie knows something that she's obviously not sharing with anyone that, that is clearly more important than whatever's happening in the present day at, at, at the time of, of these, that these readings are happening, that it's, it's, it warranted being put in the exo body. So as, as much as it sucks and, and, and it, and it is kind of a sad scene too. Like she doesn't really have a true memory of her mother. She just has that feeling. Um, right. that, and she says that there, but again, that's shit that Clovis was like, ah, you don't need that shit. Boop. Get the hell yeah. out of here. 
Yeah. And, but even despite kind of the, their, you know, breakdown at the end of, of her mom, not wanting to accept that her daughter has been turned into one of these, um, yeah, she, she still comes to her aid and, you know, comforts her after a nightmare, uh, yeah, you know, showing that she she still very much genuinely cares for Elsie. Yep. So, moving on, our next one is from the Legacy Oath Gloves, and uh, this time she is meeting with Wilhelmina, her sister. And uh, the flavor text for this is Clovis Bray the first again, giving his assessment of Wilhelmina, in which he says. Wilhelmina is more like me than she admits. Immortality at any cost. Even family. And the lore card goes like this. Not bad, Wilhelm admits. Not bad at all. You bow. Delighted to remake your acquaintance, Dr. Bray. Likewise. I'm sorry about the amnesia, but Grandpa's work always comes with some nightmarish drawback. At least you're not grunting and tearing your own limbs off. You don't understand. Should I be? Our father did. You feel love and frustration when you look at this small, dark-skinned woman, and those feelings say, Big Sister, in your heart. Hey, you offer. Maybe when Grandpa loses his memory, it'll make him a little less... She smiles. Like himself? Yeah, you laugh. I guess you've known him longer than me now. Actually, I guess you always have. Wiping the old man's memory won't change him. He wouldn't do it if it would. Wilha beckons you closer to her lab bench. A projection shows tiny machines interlocked like bricks. Now this, on the other hand, this is my latest project. This is Siva. A general-purpose viral nanite to render all prior, prior cytomachines obsolete. You flinch. The tiny things make you think of the Vex. Easy, Willa pats your arm awkwardly. And you realize... She's afraid of you. If you'd waited a few years, you could have used Siva to repair your brain. Even let it transform your whole body. That's my plan. I think immortality in my own way. I could be anything I want. Ew, you say. Sounds like being made out of bugs. She grimaces. You realize that if Grandpa never dies... We'll never run Braytech. We had plans, Elsie. Our plans. Not his. And that's the end of that card. I, it, it impresses me to think how similar Siva and the Vex are. I just, it just, it just kind of like blows my mind, right? Like the Vex, now, now, gr granted, I, well, no, because the Vex absolutely do rewrite stuff. I mean, when you adjust it, you start turning into a Vex because it's literally, re they're so similar. And the fact that even Wilhelmina 
talks about, I'll, I'll be immortal someday. I'm going to have this thing rebuild my body or brain or whatever. I'm, I can come back with whatever I want. I could be a unicorn if I felt like it. Sweet. That, that'll work. Like, it's, it's just, it's interesting me here to, to, to see the simul- the similarities there. But it, it also, it, it also kind of like, it upsets me at the same time to, to know, again, a, another entry where Elsie has no memory of this person standing in front of her. Only mm-hmm. what she's been told, and it's 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 like dementia, but I don't know. It's it's it, I don't know, man. It 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 just sucks. It just straight yeah. sucks because like it, even Will is like we we had plans, we had every and Elsie has no memory of any of that. So it's it's yeah, kind of a bummer on on this one as well. Yeah, and and I mean they're all gonna be Elsie. Right. Rediscovering uh, these people that were once her family that she once knew her whole life. And now she's having to meet again for the first time in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, in, in regards to Siva, there, there's definitely some comparisons to draw between Siva and the Vex. I think the biggest distinction, though, the biggest difference is that the Vex are, they they assign their own goals their own objectives to themselves based on their own internal logic whereas siva very much operates on a directive it's been given and we'll see that when we talk about it and it's in its own little mini series right um which of course we're going to cover as part of our bigger bray series um but yeah it doesn't i i keep forgetting that that the that the vex very much are just like self programs for self uh existence whereas like siva is fully programmable um and 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 it just operates on i mean it's i'm curious if siva could siva be made like self-aware like self what would you call that self-sustaining self-existing yeah i don't know um because every instance of it it's always had someone that's kind of like had admin access over it you know that's given it its directive now it's gone crazy with those sometimes but it's always received the initial order from somewhere yeah yeah don't know siva siva is i don't know maybe maybe just as dangerous as the vex maybe i always i always think of i always think of of all of these things like the uh replicators from uh stargate like yeah those things were (laughs) fucking freaky and yeah that was yeah that's any anytime i think of siva or the vex that's what that's what instantly comes to mind now is is the replicators and how how bad they were how how just genuinely terrifying that that type of technology is yeah no it's it scary stuff there's a reason sci-fi uses that kind of theme as much as it does because it it freaks you out so we are going to continue with our lore cards, uh, now going to the Legacy Oath robes, uh, and this time we are meeting Alton Bray through the eyes of Elsie, and the flavor text on this has Clovis saying, Useless, that boy is. Nothing I altered in Alton's genetics paid off. Oh well. That's why I have three other grandchildren. 
So he has a pretty low opinion of Alton. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why he was staved off to like the admin work. Yeah. And I, I love that you called them robes, <laughs> not a dress. <laughs> I am using the proper name of the item <laughs> in the game. It, it makes, I don't know why it, it always makes me think of the uh, Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, that's a robe. <laughs> and that's a, and that's a harp. harp robe yeah that whole thing yeah oh but so the lore card for the legacy's oath robes goes like this so this is what our father died for alton reaches out fascinated you offer your hand and he pinches you ow you snap why would he let that hurt? I mean, hang on. He rummages around behind his desk, finds a collapsible shelving rod, and grips it like a bat. Don't dodge. He swings it as hard as he can at your head. You can't help but duck out of the way. Hey! If I had hit you, he insists, why would it hurt? I mean, that can't possibly damage you. Isn't pain supposed to be isn't pain supposed to signal damage you can't help but wonder why is he testing you is pain tolerance his idea of family relations you wish you could remember alton you say aware that you're retaliating for that pinch grandfather invited me to europa to join his work he invited willa and anna too but not you. Why? And a tiny crinkle of skin appears on his forehead as he winces. Well, I'm more of a troubleshooter than a researcher. He sent me to clean up that mess at K1, but I suppose he didn't need my administrative skills on Europa. Oh, you say dubiously. He flips a stylus between his fingers. He must have told you that already. Alton, he... he didn't mention you at all. Much about my sisters, but nothing about you. I, I found it disconcerting. He drops the stylus, and anger flashes in his eyes. <laughs> Mom says Grandfather's afraid of women, because he thinks he can't control them. I suppose he thinks he's got me all figured out, though. So he's not interested in the things he already possesses. And that's the end of that card. Yeah, very much showing disdain for Alton. Yeah. But again, another, I, I do like <laughs> that idea of like... Elsie coming to visit this guy, and the first thing he wants to do is like pinch, like, and that's that's an odd thing too to think of, like, is he pinching a a piece of metal, and she feels it, like that's that's odd, first off, but then like the second thought of like, hey, what happens if I take a bat to your brain, like, what what kind of psycho is this family? (laughs) What is going on here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I guess on like. On one hand, 
it is weird to think about like, you know, an exo hand presumably is, is just metal. Like they, they yeah. don't have any kind of fake skin or anything. So yeah. Like why, why would that hurt? And that, that's kind of what he's mystified about is like, I can't, I, I can't physically damage you in any way. So why should, why would any of this be hurting you? Uh, and I, I guess, I guess that the, the closest thing I can think of is that like that idea of like, it, it's sending a signal to the to the <laughs> to the body inside of the exo frame uh that that there's dam there's a damaged section there like oh my arm is damaged i need to do something about it more of that rather than like oh i can't feel pain yeah so yeah i i, I think it's i think it's more of that more than anything yeah uh, that would make sense because clearly, like the the metal isn't indestructible. I mean, if it was, if if an exobody was completely indestructible, like we wouldn't, Cade Six would have never died. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So that's going to move us on to the Legacy's Oath boots, uh, and this one is about Lucia, who was Clovis Bray the First's wife, and. He has this to say about her in the flavor text. My dear, sweet Lucia, you were meant to be next to me in this life and the next. There's time yet for me to make it so. Just say the word. So Clovis is still kind of pining after her. A little bit. So the lore card for it goes like this. Grandma Lucia wipes sweat from her brow. Help me pull this net in. You pull on it together, but it's hooked on something underwater. So you strip off your clothing and dive into the gentle river, down to where the fishing net was torn on the propeller blade of a long abandoned outboard motor. The net is completely ruined. You decide to make the dive worth your while and catch a wolf fish with your hands instead. When you come ashore, you can feel everyone staring at you. A few children point while a group of men whistle and shout. Lucia yells back at them in Saranan, or maybe Nijuka. You're embarrassed to admit you don't know which. Perverts, she complains. Don't they have any shame? I think it's because I'm a robot, Grandma, you say. Or maybe because wolffish normally attack people, but you're suffocating one in your grasp currently. You're not a robot. You're not even a total replacement prosthetic. You're a body, and a body is the same thing as a person. And a person deserves respect. Basic transhuman... Hemonumics. She winks at your surprise. Did Clovis try to convince you I was stupid? Your paternal grandmother was a dizzying beauty in the old family pictures, and still is. But her power clearly lies in her savvy intellect. She was hard to find using her old name, Lucia Lynn, and no common compassion registry to speak of. You look at her with renewed admiration. Why did you come here to live? You ask. 
wrapping yourself in a towel and sitting beside her as she cleans the wolffish. The flesh is white and flaky and smells like heaven. Your stomach rumbles, a perfect illusion. It's simple. Suriname is a great nature preserve, and I wanted to be preserved. Besides, she shrugs, it's home. Preserved from what? From your grandfather's love. She shows you the fish's teeth. Always remember that he's lied to you. Your father was Clovis's test run for you. But what are you a test run for, Elsie? Curing Clovis of death? Whatever it is, he's whatever it is, he's too afraid to use it himself. And that means you should be afraid too. And that's the end of that one. I I do like that uh I mean I mean it kind of makes sense like Clovis wouldn't marry an idiot or a, for lack of a better term he wouldn't marry someone ugly like Clovis looks for perfection in all things and so it it, it doesn't surprise me in the least bit that his ex-wife would be a, a very beautiful woman a, a very intelligent woman um yeah, uh, that I don't I don't know why it just she I feel like I would get along better with her than I would with Clovis. Uh, uh yeah, I would <laughs> say so. <laughs> I, I I think I think a majority of the human race would get along better with anyone other than Clovis, <laughs> but yeah. Uh but yeah, so and again, I kind of thinking back to that that you know, all the people like looking at her and like whistling and the stuff like that and they like it's 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 a machine so like to think of a machine naked it's i don't know it's kind of a kind of an odd thought and even elsie thinks as such too she's like i think it's because i'm a robot and then her mother's response um or her sorry her grandmother's response of it doesn't matter if you're metal prosthetic whatever you're you're a body and a body is a person and a person deserves respect I yeah. I like that. I really really like that about her. I really I like that entire too. thing. No, and it is it is a weird thought to be like you know to to apply um kind of our ideal uh, ideas of you know modesty and and uh, nudity to a machine, but it's a machine that's made to look and you know be an illusion of a human in a lot of ways. So like, yeah, it's, it's a weird thought experiment. (laughs) It is. It really is. When, but like when I think of a naked machine, I think of like my laptop without a keyboard, like, Oh my God, (laughs) look at its circuit boards. It's so naked. (laughs) Like that's, I don't know why that's, that's the image that came to mind is like a motherboard sitting with a fish in its hand and everyone's like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know why that's the image that came to my mind of, of Elsie standing on the beach with a, with this fish in her hand. <laughs> Just a motherboard with a, with, with a fish. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to move on and conclude this uh, armor set with the Legacy's Oath Bond. And this one is about the 
final family member, Anastasia. And uh, the flavor text has this to say from Clovis. Anastasia's obsession with Rasputin is holding back our work. Exos are our future. In time, and with a little push, she'll see. I'm sure of it. And the lore card for this one goes like this. Oh my god, Elsie, you're gorgeous. And she throws her arms around you, and you taste the sodium lorite in her shampoo, and the long-chain fatty acids in the rose-chip oil that lingers from her girlfriend's kiss. You hug her as hard as she can be hugged, and it's the first time. It's the first time. You can't remember ever touching her before. Anna murmurs in the place where you once had an ear. Before you ask if I'm mad, of course I'm not. It was your right to keep it secret. Thank you, you breathe. But don't breathe. Can't breathe. Grandfather told me he wasn't even sure that I had the disease until recently. Are you sure you actually had it? Anna's pretending to tease, but there is a pang of real fear in her voice. Maybe he faked the diagnosis to get you into this body. Did you run the test yourself? I, I can't remember, you admit. Right, right, of course, I, I read the letter. Anna draws away and holds you by the shoulders. Elsie, what matters is that you're going to be around forever. We have so much to do. We can finally climb Olympus Mons, and after we summit, I can push you off a cliff and watch you stick the landing. Her smile is infectious, and the light in your mouth reflects in her eyes. And that's the end of that one. Very much the Anna that we know in game. I I love that... I love that being res as a guardian, you still kind of retain your personality, right? Like, and we we see a lot of Anna's Anna's personality in this one, and it's it's, I guess it doesn't it doesn't surprise me now. Think you know, thinking about this interaction and thinking about the interactions that uh, the two of them have in game now, it, it they they've always been this close. It feels they've always been um, very very. <laughs> for lack of any other term family you know what i mean like it's they've they've really been really close as far as family members uh are concerned uh and and also to anna's or yeah to anna's point um she straight up says you're gorgeous like custom made exo body will do that for a for, <laughs> for a person you know yeah yeah uh, but I do but, love that throughout all these entries, there's always that like heightened sense of whatever. So it's like with one, it was she could she could taste the tears. So this one, she could she could it make out the individual strands of 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 flavors in the shampoo and and the the other one where her her stomach grumbled, but it didn't. Here right, she she breathed, but she didn't. She couldn't like it. There's it. There's all those reminders throughout every single one of these entries that she is, for all intents and purposes, a robot. And it's it's 
but those all those little things are still there. All those things to keep from billboarding, to keep from DER, are are useful things. But it doesn't stop her from thinking about them. Of thinking, well, shoot, I can't breathe. I don't have a. I don't have lungs. I can't. I can't. My stomach can't growl. I don't have a stomach. You know, like it's. Yeah. Yeah. So while Elsie has been off world, um, reintroducing herself to her family and, uh, you know, building new new bonds, I suppose. Um, things haven't been going as well from Clovis's point of view. So we're going to return back to the mysterious logbook, uh, where Clovis has this to say. Cataclysm. And everything was going so well. Elizabeth traveled off-world, visiting Mars to reestablish her relationship with her sisters and her friends. A wonderful opportunity to examine her telemetry in a natural social setting. The exobody is perfect. She is comfortable, confident, and ingenious. There's no sign of DER or associated upload pathologies. All my assessments indicate a marked cognitive improvement over the human baseline, ranging from vastly expanded working memory to an intuitive and correct grasp of probabilities. I was ready to make the leap myself. How long I've nursed this tired old body. I'm ready to be young again. And then I made a mistake. I asked her about the dreams, the tower, and the dead. You know? she had demanded. Then I'm not the only one. That means you knew about the dreams before you imaged and uploaded me. Do all exos have these? Of course, I told her. Exos have a subconscious. Exos dream of the same things people do. Memories, trauma. Isn't there always trauma in creation? She did not see it that way. So the manufacturing process creates an unknown cognitive artifact that you can't solve. And you didn't think to warn me? What else have you kept from us? And before I could stop her, she was burning back to Europa on one of her Eon ships, accelerating so brutally that not even a podded human could have survived. She has even jammed her own data link so I cannot read her telemetry anymore. Wilhelmina and Anastasia must have influenced her against me. How? It makes no sense. I gave her immortality. I saved her from certain and agonizing death. What have her sisters ever done for her but coddle her and enable her worst habits? But clearly, she is not rational. She told me that she is bringing a weapon, a way to shut down exo-production permanently. If she uncovers something she doesn't like, which she will, it cannot be allowed. And that's the end of that entry. This, this is it. I, I knew as soon as she found out something about Clovis, or, or, or even something about the process there, that Clovis was keeping some type of information from her, 
that's the trigger. That's the switch that's, that turns Elsie back into the Clovis-hating, like, this guy's up to no good daughter that or granddaughter that she is like this i and and i don't i don't know why it, for for clovis to kind of like just let it slip like yeah I, again shows shows that he <laughs> he is imperfect but obviously that doesn't like absolve him of anything like <laughs> he's right, still yeah. just as crazy as as and psychotic even without having let this information slip but uh, I love that. I love that she's like her first instinct is like, okay, so you knew there was something wrong here. You didn't share it with us. What else are you hiding? Nope, don't care. Blowing this place up, and immediately putting her new fortitude as an exo to use by going faster oh than God. any human could survive. <laughs> That's like that blew my mind. When she like, I'm like, I'm thinking of this. I'm like, okay. Thinking of like humans of present day, right? Like, uh, um, I'm gonna get it wrong. Chuck Yeager, uh, the first person to break the the sound, the land sound, sound barrier. I is mean, that, is, is that what I'm thinking of? I think that it's Chuck Yeager, or Frank Yeager. I don't, I don't know why. I know I'm gonna get a thousand comments back of like, "You idiot! You don't know your shit." Uh, uh, Chuck Chuck Yeager was the first pilot in history confirmed to have exceeded the speed of sound in flight. So there you go. See, I knew I was going somewhere with this. Um, Frank Yeager's got to be something else then, or Frank Chuck or Chuck Frank or something. You know how my mind works, Myth. All that shit just jumbles together. It's all just one big timey-wimey, flippy-floppy thing. Uh, Okay, so normally I wouldn't interrupt you, but I have to, because (laughs) Frank Yeager better known by his codename Gray Fox, is a fictional character <laughs> from Konami's Metal Gear series. God damn it. <laughs> Why did I not... Re- you see what I did here? You see what's wrong with my brain, Myth? This is what I go through every day. <laughs> Perfectly understandable mistake. I totally get it. Thank, thank you, Myth. I appreciate that. <laughs> God damn it. So Chuck Yeager, breaker of the sound barrier, uh, clearly his body survived that. And I mean, human bodies have survived other things. We've gone to the freaking moon and Lord knows how many G's that puts a body through. Um, So yeah, whatever speed she's traveling at is insanely fast. But you got a robot body. Doesn't matter. Yep. There's no, you know... There's no circulation to be restricted by G-forces. Right, right. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing to hold back here. Needless to say, Elsie is now at a fast burn back to the European base uh, to do what she deems needs to be done. And uh, as she's doing this, she is uh, penned a, a message to her grandfather to try to appeal to him and whatever, you know, shred of humanity he has left. Um, and we see that letter in recorded in the logbook as well. And, uh, that letter goes like this. Grandfather, I will write this in your language in hopes that you will understand 
The Vex are a threat to your lineage, not just to the Brays or Braytech, but to the existence of any human in any possible future. I tracked down Maya Sundaresh, the real Maya, not the Vex parasite in your bone marrow, and she confirmed my worst fears. The Vex will not rest until every star has been crushed into a black hole and every newborn cosmos filled with more Vex. And in the unending array of their enslaved cosmos, they will simulate all possible pasts and fill those with Vex, so that all things that ever lived or ever might live will experience infestation and consumption and torment by the Silica Nightmare. And in those devoured simulations, the simulated Vex will use our flesh as hosts for yet more nested universes full of yet more nested copies of us eternally tormented by yet more Vex. An infinite regression of pain and madness inflicted upon every possible version of us in every possible world. Not because they hate us or fear us or want to punish us, but because they are indifferent and curious and they will do every possible thing to us in every possible way. Your concept dictates that the vexed must be annihilated. Now, as completely as possible. How can there be any future history to receive your primogeniture and recapitulate your existence in its atageni if there is nothing in that future but vex? But there's something worse than the vex involved, isn't there? The secret you've been keeping from me. The breakthrough that you were promised after your visit to the K-1 anomaly. Do you remember that story you read to me when I was a child? I don't. I'm an exo, after all. But I found a recording from the nursery. It was one of your favorites, you had said. In this story, a cyborg woman would visit a cold, misty place by the sea. There she met another woman, an oracle possessed by dark influence. The oracle listened to the words that hissed down a long corridor from the distant future, and in this future were many technologies the cyborg woman needed. But there was also a sense of vast malevolence, and no sign at all of anything still human. But there was something else in the shifting mist out to sea. A tower. I remember thinking as I listened to this fairy tale that the tower must be the key, the answer to the formless malevolence that always accompanied the oracle's words. And you never finished the story. I've been haunted by that tower ever since. And now I dream of yet another tower. And I am going to find out what it means, Grandfather. And if I do not like what I find... I visited the Jacob Hardy Trust, and with Willa's help, I secured a topological thought, an irreal artifact of the traveler's light. From that moat of paracausality, I have constructed a weapon that will crash every Vex system in 2082 Volantis, and when the Vex are destroyed, you will be forced to cease exo-production. 
If I do not survive the construction and delivery of this weapon, I ask that you share the news of my death with Anna and Willa so that they can make a proper goodbye. I do this for them, not for you. Pray for grace, Grandfather. Your estranged granddaughter, Elsie. And that's the end of her message. Holy cow. Well, yeah, that'll do it. You want to crash a Vex network? Paracausality. They can't mm-hmm. they can't figure that shit out. It's how we kill Atheon. <laughs> Just, <laughs> duh. Um no, the 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 two things in this one that that really stuck out to me, um, obviously the tower. Like clearly Clovis has whatever code or something that he's using, like has programmed this into subroutines of everything that he's done. I don't, I don't know what the significance of this is, but I mean, this has got it. I mean, this is clearly the same tower from the dream or, or whatever, but yeah, whatever, whatever base coding or something, what feeling, I, I don't know what to call it, but something that Clovis does and something about the story about this tower and everything finds its way into every exo. And that's, I, I feel like this is the origin of the tower. Like this, this tower that exists in every exo's dream uh, is from this story. And that's, that presumably is all there is to it. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I do find it interesting that it does seem in some fashion or in some way that they had access to light. Like she refers to it as an artifact of the traveler's light. Right. Presumably a mode of light. Yeah. So they, they, they do have access to light energy in this form, but it sounds like no one has been able to tap into it or Clovis certainly wasn't interested in trying to use it you know, when he was building his exos, maybe because clarity was whispering already or, or maybe for different reasons, but, um, they do know light exists at least on some level. Yeah. I mean, they, they'd have to, right? Like that's, well, I, I guess they wouldn't have to, like, there's nothing because the traveler is still kind of like this unknown thing to them. Right. It, it like, they know it terraforms worlds and makes, crazy shit happen but yeah i guess there's there's no reason for them not to to know that light exists but there's also no reason for them to utilize light in any tor- in any type of way or to to know that it exists yeah no that's an interesting yeah definitely much worse of a weapon than i thought um mm-hmm. but not i mean worse worse is probably a uh subjective term here because i mean wiping out the vex is probably a good thing I think it would absolutely be the best thing that could happen for humanity. Yeah. But it is not the best thing that could happen for Clovis. Yeah. And his projects. Craziness. There was a second thing that that I thought of too, and I've already forgotten it because, you know, my squirrel brain squirrels. Oh, that's what it was. The Maya Sundaresh thing. Um, I, 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 I mean, obviously, here we have a, an entry of of now she she is actively seeking out more information about the Vex. So again, I think it's it, that that subroutine, that triggering subroutine of 
whatever she studied and and she knew she needed to become an exo she she has access information from before she was an exo and that is now re-triggering her drive to to solve the exo problem or not not the exo solve the vex problem yeah there was some somehow some way she left that that itch in yeah. her psyche to like you have to deal with the vex you have to deal with the vex you have to deal with the vex you have to learn more about them and like that that has been a driving force for her even without the memories there's still that like that unexplainable need to combat the vex it's it's to me it's the same uh it's the same thing we see as as guardians right there's some underlying drive there I mean, for like the drifter, it was not not following that thing, not going that way. I'm <laughs> yeah. going over here. That's where bad stuff is. I'm going the opposite direction. Uh, for Anna, it was it was got to learn more about the war mind. Got to got to help humanity. Like every every guardian that has been risen has some sort of drive, some some secret drive in them that keeps them going, and 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 I I presume is one of the maybe not prerequisites for for resurrection but definitely something that ghosts look for um beings that have some type of drive um but yeah it's it's uh yeah we're definitely seeing that in in Elsie that drive to to want to wipe mm-hmm. out the vex yep so she has stated her intent is to destroy everything clovis has been working for especially after having reached a success with her. Uh, and we get to see the consequences of her actions uh, in the next entry here, which is titled Tactical Log. And this is uh, kind of a printout of a number of different um, functions that are happening in the mind of the uh hanu ai which is in control of the kind of uh, clovis bunker for lack of a better term i i think Deepstone in general like hanu is in control of Deepstone in general and now that i think about it hanu might be the ai that's in the morning that's talking to us in the morning star I was going to ask, is that the one we hear during the most beautiful scene in all of Destiny, the spacewalk out in Morningstar from the sec between the second and third encounter? Is that the AI that's talking to us? I I think I La think it Fonte might be. de Jouvence. I learned French from that AI. <laughs> you learned two words from that. Hey, shush you. <laughs> <laughs> My level of French is the same level of whatever language you were trying to figure out earlier between Elsie and her mom. So suck it, myth. You're not wrong. (laughs) Uh, So uh, this log reads like this. Administrator transmit threat alert. European surface. Single attacker. Site sabotage. Alerting orbital bray station. Error. Orbital bray station compromised by polymorphic core reprogramming. Major breach of security underway. Commencing surface tactical awareness sweep. 
Threat registered. Alerting human command. Mr. Bray, this is Hanu. Employee Bray Elsie is on non-scheduled EVA. Employee Bray Elsie intent assessment. Armed. Symbolistic weapon. Coherent boson weapon. Tactical might ecom. Neotic shrieker. Armed. Strategic weapon. Apex antimatter demolition device. Armed. Strategic weapon. T-genic. Effect unknown. Possibly T-genic noetic weapon. Armed. Personnel combat architecture. Custom. Employee Bray Elsie intends sabotage at Site Deepstone. Employee Bray Elsie intends transit unauthorized at Site Gate 2082 Valentis. Employee Bray Bray Elsie intends noetic attack on 2082 Valentis. Employee Bray Elsie is in violation of Clovis Bray, Clovis Root, Imperatives, Deepstone. Requesting full lethal intervention authority. Intervention non lethal. Error. No non lethal intervention available. Error. No persuasive intervention available. Hold 30. Holding 30 seconds. Local real time. Voice transmit. Elizabeth, I know you're listening. This is genocide. Do you understand? Destroying the gate and the resources beyond means the end of human human immortality. It means the loss of uncountable trillions of human years of life. Elizabeth, this process saved you. It could have saved your father for his sake, for the sake of your sisters. Don't do this. Don't make me stop you. Elizabeth, this is your last chance. You've always been my favorite. Elizabeth, please. Options. Intervene lethal. Recommend Mazer strike from Hanu awareness arrays. Warning. Damage to organic target subsystems highly probable. Survival odds are four sigma. Recommend immediate medical intervention. Prognosticate. Deepstone, attacker, Bray Elsie. Total destruction of site Deepstone by antimatter device. Non-recoverable. Intervene, lethal. Authorization required for lethal action against employee Bray Elsie. Now this is interesting. Because uh, some of the responses that are being produced by Hanu here. Uh, it's really hard to do in an audio format. It's Clovis is entering commands and the responses that I'm, some of the responses I'm reading are the responses to the commands that have been entered, like on a terminal or a command prompter or, or what have you. Right. Uh, and this one is interesting. So private key, Clovis root, Hash word, live connection, Clovis root. Clovis is providing authorization for lethal action against Elsie. Right. Because, well, and presumably because earlier in the reading, it talked about, like, there is no non-lethal right. interjection. There is no 
uh, persuasive interjection. So did he like not program in non-lethal and persuasive interjections against his own bunker, his own base, his own deep stone crypt? Like is the only is the only response to any type of thing coming to, as as a invasion or attack or something like that lethal <laughs> interaction? <laughs> Well, I, I don't necessarily think that's what it is. I don't think that he doesn't have non-lethal means. I think it's Hanu, the AI, has analyzed the situation and has analyzed Elsie's intent and is saying, we cannot persuade her and she will resist any non-lethal attempts. Like she's, she's going through with this. Yeah. No matter what. Like there's nothing... Nothing, nothing in an AI mind that an AI mind can think of that can go. Okay, maybe we could try this. Elsie's Elsie's on a full, full destruction warpath right now. Yeah, Hanu is saying there is zero percent chance of Elsie being able to be uh, prevented from destroying the site with means that aren't lethal. And interestingly enough, even despite having that information. Clovis still sends a message, still yeah. kind of kind of pleads with her. Um and Hanu says, you know, our best option is just orbital strike. And load up. Clovis finally it says authorizations authorization is required. Clovis puts in his private key to authorize it. And Hanu comes back saying Error. Connectome hash incorrect. Either you are not Clovis Root, or your brain state is in an, in an anomalous configuration. Resend. Interesting. And Clovis enters it again. Private key Clovis Root. Hash word live connection Clovis Root. Corrector. Dismay. Lethal intervention authorized. Intervening. Mazar discharge complete. Target destroyed. Secondary antimatter detonation detected. Closing employee file Bray Elsie. Conditions incompatible with life. And that's where this log ends. So he killed her. He oh, he orbitals struck her from yeah, yeah from Morningstar I wish, presumably. I wish I could remember. The log entries. Do you remember the five log entries uh, that are from Elsie uh, in DSC in the raid? Um, I wonder. If, I wonder if you could find transcripts of those. I'm sure you could, because um, like throughout those entries, like these are the entries that she's talking. Like I think she's recording them, where she's like she's gonna blow it all up. She's gonna end it all. She's like. And like the last one, I remember, like she's crying, she's in tears, like she is so sad. Yeah, well, I mean, to from her perspective, to be newly awoken with no memory, or or you know, very vague feelings about people, to have spent time with those people, to have met and formed new bonds with some of those people and have found some great conspiracy, you know, around your grandfather who you've been shifty about anyway. And everyone else is too, but it's still like, you know, it, she doesn't have all the memories of all the 
dark history. Like, you know, right. she might, I mean, she, she sent him a message kind of trying to, to plead to his, his humanity or even his sense of his own legacy. Um, like, I, I think there's still a piece of her that is more innocent than the original Elsie was at this point kind oh, of sure sure hoping that you know it it won't all crumble yeah but regardless any one way or another our original timelines Elsie dies right here yeah so the Elsie the Elsie that we as as players and current day guardians interact with is 100% from another time uh, f- floating or came here somehow through whatever means that she had. Um, but yeah, is not, is, is not our original timelines, Elsie. Right. God, that's, that's super fucky. That's just, it is. I don't care time, what anyone said. Time like, weird. <laughs> fucky. It's, <laughs> Time is a flat circle. The two the two sayings that I always think of time travel. Time is a flat circle, and and um, wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the closest both of which I, we're ever going to get. Both of which I think are Doctor Who's. I know the second one is, but I, the first one might be a Doctor Who quote. I don't remember. I wouldn't be surprised. But so with that, you know, Clovis has authorized. Uh, despite having to tell the AI that like his, his mind state is altered because of dismay of, of yeah. being upset he at having to, to do he had this. To put in that extra, that extra set of uh, commands to say, yeah, I understand that what I'm doing is, is a lethal thing. And, and it doesn't seem like I'm in a right state of mind, but here's another set of parameters to look at. And then the AI yeah. is like, Oh, okay. That checks out. So she is she is gone, target eliminated, uh, with an antimatter detonation. Like oh, it's it's gone. There's nothing, nothing left. No, no coming back from that. Not even and, not uh, even metal bits are coming back from that. We pick up on the very next logbook entry from Clovis, which is entry fifteen, and he's he's not okay with what just happened um so entry 15 goes like this everything is fine elizabeth is not dead the person i struck down out there was an error an anomalous offshoot deranged by outside influence into paranoia and confusion like a cancer cell and like cancer I had to target and remove her. She betrayed me. I invited her into the greatest scientific and existential discovery in human history as a trusted partner, a participant in my living and immortal legacy, and she tried to blow it up. Can there be any more betrayal, any, anything more intimate? My own granddaughter, child of my pattern, issue of my logic, a serpent, a worm in the apple, an enemy of eternal life. 
The version of Elizabeth Bray was no granddaughter of mine. She was a stranger to me. I would kill her if it hadn't already done it herself. I would kill her if she hadn't already done it to herself. Without the vex and the deep stone crypt, I cannot make more alkahest, and without alkahest there will be no exos. She would have damned me to die in this filthy half-pig carcass. She would have destroyed not just my legacy, but my eternal existence. What I did was wholly justified and entirely moral. I saved trillions of years of my own life. I saved all the future good that I will do for humanity. I am a soul, rejected by God as king. Do I now cast spears at my offspring, as Saul cast his spear at Jonathan? Did I burn Elizabeth into a black star on the ice for no reason but my own fear? And no, no, there is only one divinity here, one angel sent by a pantheon of true gods to invite me into their company. It has not rejected me. This was a test, a clarification of my will. I had to choose between the two vessels of my legacy, the immortal legions of the Exo program, and one foolish, wayward child. And I chose correctly. I chose correctly. Gods do not repent. Gods do not relent. The Christian God's failure was not in calling Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, but in halting the sacrifice. For if God had gathered Abraham's son to him, then Abraham would have understood that it was not his role to obey God out of hope of mercy and compassion, but out of pure submission to a superior will. It is not in the power of mortals to know or question God's plan. It is only in their power to obey. But it was an evil spirit that moved Saul to turn his spear on David. And it was the jealousy of David that moved Saul to cast a spear at his son Jonathan. Am I inhabited by an evil spirit? Is Sundaresh in me like the witch of Endor, the sorceress of Kiribit Sasef, who guided Saul to his death in battle? Something has changed in the behavior of the Vex. I think Sundaresh signaled them. Who, after all, was the one who flagged an alert to Hanu? Someone who used my codes, but who is not me. And without that alert, Elizabeth's sabotage on Bray Station would have succeeded. The Vex do not want the Deepstone Crypt destroyed any more than I do. And I fear an attack is coming. I must fight this battle with the purest will. I cannot tolerate this infection any longer. I will escape this polluted husk and pass into my eternal form. One final perfect image of my mind backed up forever in ultra-stable quartz, and then installed to live on in the bodies I have devised. One copy of that scan will go to the deep stone crypt to watch forever over the fountain of the alkahest and another to my assistant, to be my chariot into eternity. And Elizabeth will be there, eternally at my side. I still have the scan she made when she abandoned her mortal form. 
I will remake her from that image, restore her as she was before she thought to betray me. Truly, clarity is the font of second chances. And that's the end of that one. He's, he's turned it into a holy war. With himself playing with, with, God. Yeah. He's turned... He's turned... Jesus Christ. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's... Well, and then that brings up a, another thing. So he killed Elsie, but he could just make her again. So maybe this is the RLC. Fuck, man. Time and exos. <laughs> this is all fucking. So, and the, that's an interesting point. So he seems to suggest here that he's not the one that sent the command. Yeah. That someone else using his S- credentials. Th- to, to warn Hanu, right? Like to send the command to warn Hanu. Or to, or to send the command to destroy. Which which one is he saying that that didn't that didn't send the command? Because like he he talks about how he chose correctly. So he, yeah. obviously he he so he made the the choice to to end her, but the the choice to alert Hanu to then alert him didn't come from him obviously. Because Hanu should have just gone through automations and just been like, "Kill that! Like that thing's coming here to destroy us." And and again, he 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 knows that the Vex need this place as much as he does because this is the Vex's entry point to our to our to the soul system, essentially. Yeah, and I, I think you're you're correct there. I I do believe he pulled the trigger essentially, yeah. but something else using his credentials uh, alerted Hanu to the fact that there was an invader and then Hanu told the real Clovis and, you know, he made the decision. Yep. But presumably if it was uh, a Vex influence that informed Hanu of, of Elsie's uh, intent to blow them up, uh, you know, it, it may very well have been this kind of after image of Maya Sundarash. Um, and Absolutely. It's, it's in their best interest to retain access to this new universe of organic things that need to be vexified. Yep. Is, is that vex? No. If then, go to make vex. Yeah. So we have super simple commanding there. That's <laughs> I like the Vex. They program in basic. <laughs> uh we are gonna move on to the final entry of Clovis's logbook and our final entry for tonight. I uh, and we're just gonna go along for the ride here. So it goes like this. She is saved. By the grace of my good work, Elizabeth is saved. Even now she leads the preparations to defend against the Vex incursion. When I loaded her into her new exobody, I told her that the Vex had compromised her last instance, and it had become necessary to destroy her. Hardly a lie. I have given her life thrice over, first 
by creating her father, then by saving her from her illness, and now I have rescued her from her foolish mistake. I did what I failed to do for my son. I gave her a second chance to live and to be my loyal granddaughter. The backup sites have been alerted, and reservoirs of the Alcahest have been dispatched to keep them running if Europa fails. My work is done. It is finally time for me to go to my own reward. I have prepared a custom script. Uh, so there's a printout here of um, a number of things. Essentially, it boils down to, at this point in time, his current body has roughly 36 hours to live without additional organ transplants. He continues. All I need, all I need do is strike a key and the scanner will sedate me, flush me with the poison of immortality and rip a perfect image of my mind from the quantum information encoded in the atoms of my brain. Whether such a high-resolution scan is necessary, it is doubtful that any element of the mind is truly quantum, is beside the point. I insist upon the very best. The vials of imaging binder smell like sweet metal. This vindicates my work. This proves I was right to continue. All those doubters, all those defeatists, all those whining myopics who bleated, you have enough, Clovis, why must you ask the world for more? All have been beaten. And now we have a second, still with the same pen, but a different handwriting written almost as a response to Clovis underneath this that says was it Clovis the second's mother who asked you that when she demanded to know why you were tinkering with your fetal son why would you risk all his potential for the chance at a little more and now I will have more I have thousands of exobodies here and thousands of connectomes in my library. I will raise an army. I will meet this invasion of vermin and turn it back. Then I will strip their sterile grave star for parts and put an end to all mortality. You will die here on Europa, Clovis, again and again until you have forgotten even your name. I will not, f I will forget nothing. One copy of my mind will go to an exo, yes, but a second copy will be installed in the deep stone site. He will guide me to my destiny. The gods of might and knowledge will welcome me to their table. I will be the Luca, the beginning and the source of the way, the foundation of the long road ahead. You will be the name they scrape from the tarnished salvage after the fall of man, the ruins of all your work picked over by the survivors of your folly. Shut up, Sundaresh. I must leave a letter for my family. 
I must be sure they do not grieve me. I must tell them how, in the end, I triumphed. There, it is written. If you really believed in your banal philosophy, you would never leave a letter. You would be assured that your own survival was all that mattered. You meager, squirming thing. You never understood clarity. You never will. You are bound to this husk even as I shed it. You will die in its poisoned wreckage while I attain the perfect eternity of an angel. You will be the residue of my trans transubstation, something left in the workings of a coffee pot, some greasy sin. Oh, we cannot be parted from you, Clovis. After all, we want the same things. We crave the same power. We will go into eternity together. I had the strength to kill my own granddaughter. I will certainly have no trouble killing you. Yes, like the pigs, savaging your young. And how do you know you made that choice yourself, hmm? She was going to destroy so much of our work. Perhaps we nudged you just a bit. Irrelevant. She was going to destroy so much of mine. As I say, our work. You are afraid, Clovis. I can feel it. Then feel this, you jumped-up pawn slime. And Clovis activates the final scan, the terminal scan of his brain, killing his organic body and uploading himself, finally, into an exomind. And that is where this entry ends. Yeah, I, I, you can't tell me that some of Maya Vexoresh came with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now, part of that came with him. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole reason we have this current season. He's, he's attributing the, the fact that she's, you know, quote unquote, in him to yeah. the, the, the Vex, um, radiolaria that is like starting to course you know that infection that's now starting to like literally seep through his bone marrow and whatnot rewrite like, him and he's attributing her to being in his physical organic body and thus when he sheds it becoming an exo that she'll you know she'll no longer be a part of him she'll be separated from him permanently but it really makes you wonder i was going to say case. lol <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure if something I I guess there's maybe a difference between being in, a voice in his head and something taking control of his hand to write messages back to him, which is <laughs> freaky to think the about. Freaky part to me, like because that's that's all she's ever been to him is this voice in his head. Like at some point in time, they did work together, and we know that because of the the spire, the watcher, and the entries there. Mm -hmm. Um. 
But yeah, the entire time that he was doing the exo thing that he thought he had hired Maya Sundaresh, she was literally just a Vex infection in him. So yeah, it's it clearly it has it has more control than than he thinks it does. Mm-hmm. And I I I don't doubt that part of it part of it went with him. I I don't either. And yeah, even even at the end, she was saying, you know. Did you really choose to end Elsie? Could did you really do that on your own? Or maybe yeah. maybe we we gave you a little push. Yeah. So but that is where we are going to end for We made it through episode. his journal. We did make it through his journal. And I I know there's still a little bit more to this story, which obviously we're gonna cover next week. Uh but yeah, I, th- this journal was when I first down when I first sat down and read the journal. Um, holy shit! Like it really, really opens your eyes to yeah. to the insanity that is Clovis Bray. And like he, it it starts off as like this, like okay, yeah, you want to do good by humanity, and then like the more you dive into it, the more you you get to know this person, the more you realize like. And and even by the end, where where he's, it, it's a holy war now with him as God. Like, it it it's it's insanity. It is true insanity, um, and and psychopathic insanity. Like it's it's, God, it's it's ugh ugh, bull. All right, well, um, yeah, uh, I guess shout outs. Yeah, so we do have some shout-outs tonight. Uh, we have three of them that are all coming to us from our Twitter page this time around. Um, so thank you to those that uh, you know went out of their way to, to leave a comment there. Let's um, still use the flaming <laughs> pile of poo that Twitter is right now. <laughs> yeah. Until something better comes along, that's... That's or until around. Twitter dies. Or like. until Twitter <laughs> disintegrates. Oh, man. But So the first of those uh, comes to us from a user named Terrible Art, uh, who says, uh, while at work, I listened to today's upload on Spotify. Uh, I couldn't help but realize that Clovis... Clovis refuses to name his experiment subjects, but chooses to name the pigs that he harvests his organs from and right? then eats. How uh, fucked up is that? It's, it says a lot about his that's, character. That's fucked up as shit. He uh, won't name the, the people that he is killing, but the pigs get names yeah. and he eats them. Like... How fucking insane is this guy? Yeah, it's uh, not not a good look. Um, and I I did respond to this one already, but uh, it was it was a really interesting detail, and I'm glad that that you pointed it out. Um, and I, I as I said in my response, I I think maybe he sees the pigs as as almost a piece of himself because yeah. they're they're just. They're holding his organs, kind of yep. thing. Yep. Uh, and I like so, that idea. Yeah, you know, of course they're more important than you know 
the random thing that he's getting data from. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, thank you, Terrible Art. Was yeah. it Terrible Art? Right. Terrible Art was was their uh, their username. I the I art can't be that, that bad. It's it's got to be at least decent, right? I'm gonna say thank you, decent art. How about that? <laughs> but so our next one um, is coming to us from uh, someone that that has a very memorable name. And as such, I remember we did a shout out way back when for, uh, and that is Mr. or Miss uh, Hootie McBooty. Hootie McBooty, let's go! <laughs> Who says, I loved the Awoken series you guys put on. Glad you decided to run it back. Keep up the hard work. Uh, I also had a quick question. I've wondered about for a while, uh, when a warlock's rift ends, it sounds so funny and weird, like someone taking a bite of food. Why? <laughs> oh, God. So I can't say that has ever crossed my mind when I've yeah, heard the sound effect no, for a warlock I'm going to have to listen to that now. I don't know that I've ever listened to it end. I've always been, you know, you've always been like mid-combat. Like, I'm, I, right, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a Trinity Ghoul junkie, so like... I'm constantly just listening for the arc effect to activate on Trinity <laughs> Ghoul. And then, like, I have arc souls constantly up. So I'm constantly hearing beep, 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 beep. That's, that's 90% of my sound bites. But I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to listen to the, to the sound of a rift. It sounds like somebody, say it again. It sounds like somebody eating. Uh, they say that it sounds like someone is taking a bite of food. That's so weird. I mean, we know that they get their sound bites from like random things, like the the, um, and, w- and they sh- they showed that off during um during the the pre witch queen stuff, uh the Wervrin the shot the shot that the Wervrin makes is the is a nail gun, mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's yeah I mean maybe it is the sound of somebody taking a bite of something I don't, I don't know it it is pretty incredible how sound design in video games works and like where they get some of their samples from that eventually turn into the effects we hear. I, uh, I linked this in Twitter in response to Hootie, uh, but there is a really good um, older now, but uh, relevant Bungie Vidoc that was called the sounds of destiny. And it's goes through and really does a cool deep dive into how they do some of that stuff. And um, for example, Vex footsteps is the sound of a um like metal stamping machine in a in a metal mill. Uh, oh, that's so perfect! Right, like that, that was kind of like cool. You, so you think about it now, and like that's the perfect thing to make the perfect sound of a vex. Like yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah. So you never know. Maybe one of the sound engineers happened to be going by another person's office and heard him take a bite of a sandwich and stopped and went, that's it. Ran up and was like, do it again. Do it directly into the microphone this time. And the guy's just like, Steve, I'm trying to eat my sandwich. But yes, I... Hootie Big Booty, uh, I believe, was was one of the ones that that had mentioned, uh, again, one of our shout-outs from long ago. Um, about uh, us at us talking and referencing an earlier Awoken series, and that is what triggered us to do the full Awoken series properly, um, because we had done like a like a kind of like a rough and tumble three part episode of it back in the PSN recording days, uh, and now that now that we've 
kind of come up in the world, uh, we figured we'd do it justice and do a good yeah. uh, 11-part series. 22 hours of Awoken <laughs> history for you. You know, just just a small, just small, small, quick, quick listen. Yeah, Just quick one. But thank you, Hootie. Uh, yes, Hootie thank McBooty. you. Hootie McBooty. I just like saying that. <laughs> it's a fun name. So our uh, final shout out for this episode comes to us from uh, a Twitter user titled the Kvostov, not just Ooh. a Kvostov, but the Kvostov. Is he, is he an exotic? I, I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah. Kvostov was an exotic last time I used it. So. Yeah. They say, I've uh, been hooked on your podcast since first discovering it last week. You've been keeping me sane at work while out driving. Keep up the good work. Hell so thank yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's yeah. I'm I'm glad that that uh, our clan members kind of pushed us to to start doing this, and and it's 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 <laughs> it's. It, I look forward to it every time we we go to record. Like uh, obviously, I I've, I've stepped my game up this year with with getting sound panels and new recording stuff, and and yeah, it's I. I feel like we've really upped our game this year and it's, and it's really starting to pay off again too. Um, Cause I know we're close to, I, I think last time I checked, we're really close to 90,000 listens. I mean, essentially in one year and one month of, of throwing this out there to have almost a hundred thousand, I, that still blows my mind. But uh, yeah, you, you are not the first and you definitely won't be the last person uh, to, <laughs> Now, now I'm hoping that you're not stopping work because if you're driving it while you're working, hopefully you're still driving and listening <laughs> to us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've had we've had many shoutouts where they've said, "Yeah, uh, I just quit doing my work and I just listen to you guys for two hours," and that's super humbling and super awesome uh, that people would rather listen to the two of us <laughs> overdoing work. And whatever gets you through that nine to five, I I get it. Believe me. Yep. But uh, yes, thank you, the exotic Kavastov. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any more shout outs? No, that's it for our shout outs tonight. Uh, but if you're interested in wondering where uh, where you can reach us, if you want to leave a comment, you can do so through uh, either your platform's uh, review be it like Apple Podcast or Audible, um, or you can reach out to us via Twitter for as long as it's around, uh, and that is at Myths and Stories, Z instead of an S. Uh, and you may hear yourself on one of these episodes. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I guess I got my last thank you of the night. Um, we didn't have any Georges or Bobs this time. I don't, I don't, do I just thank my squirrel mind for being as squirrely as it is? Yeah, I think I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Squirrel Mind, for what was it again? <laughs> Let's just do the outro. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else, Myth? No, that's it. All righty. Well, then, from all of us, Lord Eddies, to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week. <laughs>